Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Lord be with you. I welcome you to Mass here today at St. Bride's, which is the funeral Mass for the repose of the soul of Agnes Macaulay. Welcome especially to yourself, Guy, whom Agnes often referred to simply as her sweetheart. Welcome to Agnes's nephews and nieces, Dan Marie, Lydia, James, Charles, their spouses, Sonia from Ireland, relatives and friends of the family who are here with us today. Welcome also to all those who will be joining us in the audio recording of the Mass later on in the day, especially Agnes's niece Katrina and relatives in Ireland. Friends of the family have wished to be here but are unable to be here because of the restrictions placed upon us by the pandemic. These people send their good wishes and prayers to this family that are gathered here today. Agnes herself lived a long life. Last February, she was able to celebrate her 90th birthday. She was much loved by Guy and all the family and all her friends. She was an exceptional person kindly, friendly, thoughtful and gentle in so many ways. Guy and all the family will miss her very much indeed. She was the kind of person that you would have thought would always have been here and I'm sure it's impossible now to think of her no longer here with you. A light has indeed gone out of life but in another sense that light, that light will never go out because we believe that love does not die. And we come to this place to say that here today. In God's mercy, love does not die. Guy and all the family 
and all the friends will never stop loving Agnes, never stop thinking about her, and never stop thanking God for her life. We come here to say that love does not die. To begin the Mass and to offer the Mass more worthily, we first call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. And may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, in whose presence the dead are alive, and in whom your saints rejoice, full of happiness, grant our supplications today that Agnes, for whom the fleeting light of the world shines no more, may enjoy the comfort of your light for all eternity. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Please be seated. reading from the prophet Daniel. Daniel was doing his penance when I received the message from the Lord. At this time, Michael will stand up, the great prince who mounts guard over the people. There is going to be a time of great distress, unparalleled since nations first came into existence. When the time comes, your own people will be spared. All those whose names are found written in the book. Of those who lie sleeping in the dust of the earth, many will awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting disgrace. The learned will shine as brightly as the vault of heaven, and those who have instructed many in virtue as bright as the stars of all eternity. This is the word of the Lord.
A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but not of love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I give the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give my body to hardship, that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. And where there is tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but completeness comes. What is in part disappears. This is the word of the Lord. you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. And Jesus said to his disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God still and trust in me. There are many rooms in my father's house. If there were not, I should have told you. I am going now to prepare a place for you. And after I have gone and prepared you a place, I shall return to take you with me, so that where I am, you may be too. You know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Ninety years of age is a long time to live by any standards and that was the age that Agnes lived to. On the 22nd of February she reached that great milestone. She outlived her siblings 
and I suspect that she lived out lived many of her friends and many of the people that she grew up with. Born in the early part of the 20th century, lived through into a new century, into a new millennium, and 20 years of this 21st century. It has been a long life, not a life that has been cut short or a life that was a short measure. It's been a long and good life in which she's lived to see and do many things. The last years, of course, saw her slowing down and needing the care of family and home carers. She was able to stay in her home until the last months where she needed the care of the residential home in Burnside. Everyone who looked after her said it was a pleasure to care for her. We bring Agnes here to church for our final Mass and prayers at the end of her life. She'd be pleased to receive these prayers and the blessing of the Mass, and she would have been pleased to receive those last rites and absolution given to her in the last hours of her life. Her faith itself meant a great deal to her. She lived that faith right through her life, coming to Mass, saying her prayers, living her faith in an exemplary manner. The readings that we hear today at Mass speak about the importance of love being the greatest gift and, of course, being the thing that remains. When all else runs out, when everything runs its course, then love itself remains. Agnes believed this. The readings speak also of the end of our lives and with the loving mercy of God that that love itself remains. Agnes believed this too. For that faith was part of her life. God was with her. God would always be with her. God would guide her through her life, especially towards that ultimate destination. And she walked with that quiet confidence and reassurance throughout her life. Agnes, as you all well know, lived in Cambus Lang and Halfway throughout her life. Born in Mansion Street, her parents were Charles and Catherine Macaulay. Her brothers and sister, Charles and Edward and Anna and James. She attended the local school here, St Bride's, and made all her sacraments here in this very church. In her early days, she was, I believe, a tomboy. Loved running and football and kicking the can. And she was given advice on many occasions to be more like a girl. I'm not sure that she always took that advice. She was never one for dolls, but liked different activities, including badminton and skating. We have that picture, therefore, of her as very active, vibrant, very much alive as the young woman that she was. She left school and went to college to learn typing, I suppose as many young women did in those days. Her first job at Goldbergs as a typist, and then in 1953 she moved to Canvas Line Police Station again as a shorthand typist. It was a year later, 
on the 22nd of May 1954 that she met Guy, police constable, and they began walking out, and that was to last for an incredible 66 years. They became great companions, visited places, went to the cinema, drives, and police balls. It was on one such occasion when the car itself that they were in uh, stalled, couldn't get started, and poor Agnes, five foot and three quarters of an inch, had to push the car. I think that's a comical scene that remains with everyone. In 1956, she moved to Hamilton Police Station and then on to Pitt Street and served then until her retirement at the age of 60. She was commended for her work. It always seemed strange to me when she told me that she worked in police records, that this gentle woman was typing out these rather gruesome police records over the years. I couldn't quite get my head around that. She was daring in many ways, even to the driving of a moped scooter to her work. That always seemed a wee bit incongruous as well. A strange sight to see her go onto the scooter and then dash away at high speed. But an accident, I believe, put paid to that. She drove into a ditch one day and the scooter was never got out again. In 1956, the family moved to Woodlands Crescent. Agnes, her mother, and Edward all lived together. And they all helped to raise Anna's child, Katrina. Anna had passed away when Katrina was just a toddler. And at age 12, Katrina herself returned to Ireland to be looked after by her dad and the family there. The family say to me that Agnes has been a wonderful aunt to them, to Katrina, to Anne-Marie, to Charles, James and Lydia. She was exceptionally kind, kindly to them, looking after them at weekends and taking Katrina and Anne-Marie on holiday. She was a great knitter, I believe, and the boys often used to see her looking at them over her spectacles and wonder if they were just about to be told off, only to find out that she was measuring each of them for a jumper that she was in the process of knitting. She was kindly towards them and often would reward them with sweets when they went to the library to exchange her books. Lisa and Rachel would sing songs which she would join in with and their great nieces, Casey and Millie, uh, would visit visit her and Millie would recite nursery rhymes which raised a big smile from Agnes. Agnes uh, was much loved, as I say, by the family. Although small, five foot and three three quarters of an inch, she had a great big heart and showed everyone how much love and care that she had for them over the years. And she has always been a big part of the life of the family, uh, always and always will be. I'm sure it's difficult, as I mentioned at the beginning, to imagine life now without her. This is a big moment in the life of the family when all that generation and all that part of the family has now passed away. Our thoughts today are very much with you, Guy, whom Agnes, as I mentioned at the beginning, simply called her sweetheart. 
who went out for an incredible 66 years and loved and cared for each other all the time. It has been a beautiful and moving story. We think of the joy and happiness that you both shared together and the kindness and the love that you had for each other. I was very moved to see the picture of Guy and Agnes, that beautiful picture of them at a dance, which I think is recorded in the booklet that you have, but also a picture, two of them, uh, that maybe some of you have seen, uh, where they're holding hands uh, in that last part of Agnes's life while she was in hospital. St. Paul says in the reading of today's Mass that love remains. Love indeed does remain. Today there is great sadness in the hearts of all the people who are here today, but surely also there is joy as well. Joy in thinking of a life that has been filled with so many good things. She loved and cared for many people, and they loved and cared for her. That's a great thing to think about today. In the end, is there not joy in thinking of a life that has been blessed in so many ways and has been a blessing to others? We thank you, Agnes, for all of your kindness and goodness. We thank you for the blessings that you've been to Guy and the kindness and love that you've had for one another. We thank you too for the kindness and love that you have showed to your family. And we thank you for the joy and light that you brought into the lives of so many in your quiet way. May you now rest in peace. And may God grant you the peace that you desired. And until we all meet again, may God's blessing be upon you.
priest to stand. And pray, dear brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the offering of this sacrifice enable us to receive heavenly gifts. And we give you thanks, O Lord, and humbly pray for the soul of your servant, freed through your son's passion from the bonds of sin. May she come happily into your presence. We ask this through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For it's at your summons that we come to birth, by your will that we are governed, and at your command that we return on account of sin to the earth from which we came. But when you give the sign, we who have been redeemed by the death of your Son shall be raised up to the glory of the resurrection. And so with the company of the angels and saints, we sing the hymn of your praise, as without end we acclaim. Holy, holy, holy Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Please. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them with the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And at the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more, giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you've held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, sharing in the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Joseph, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember your servant, Agnes, whom you have called from this world to yourself. Grant that she, who is united with your son in the death like his, may also be one with him in his resurrection. And remember also all our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Joseph, her spouse, the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you 
through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him, and with him, and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours for ever and ever. Please stand. We pray together in the words that Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, and graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may always be free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not in our sins, but in the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, Grant us peace. Please be seated. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. anyone who would like to receive Holy Communion today uh, rather than coming forward if you just stand in your place uh, and I'll come forward and and give Holy Communion to you if you don't want to receive Holy Communion uh, please just remain seated
Please stand. As we receive these heavenly gifts, we give thanks, O Lord, and humbly pray for the soul of your servant. Free, freed through your son's passion from the bonds of sin, may she be happy, happy in your presence. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Why? 